0: Thank you, and enjoy today's message.
1: Hey everybody, if I start to melt while I'm uh, bringing you this talk, it's because it's over 30 degrees up here in the room that I am recording. Uh, So uh, I will try and stay hydrated and um, think cool thoughts, and I guess just be a cool guy that I am, and maybe that'll solve the problem. Uh, Hey, Chris brought a fantastic message. uh, Sunday before last, on our last meeting together in the building at Q, uh, about the naked truth. It was absolutely amazing, and um, uh, I'm not going to go over what she talked about. But you can listen to it, and should listen to it uh, by getting on our uh, Facebook page at Q Q Church York or Q um, uh, Network, and uh, or you can listen to it on our website on media. And I recommend that you do so. But as I was listening to her, I found some things were coming up in me of a subject that I just wanted to try and deal with a little bit. Um, And so I've been pursuing that and hopefully can convey to you the thoughts that have come to me um, that I think are appropriate, certainly very specifically for some of you today. Have you ever thought where shame comes from? I believe shame comes from a defective relationship with truth. That's where I've connected this message to what Chris said about the naked truth, because shame comes from a defective relationship with truth. If you can fix your relationship with truth, then shame will lose its power. I've already said to you that I have a renewed um, respect for Scripture, for the narrative of Scripture. Uh, not that I ever disrespected it, but I think the more I'm going on my journey of faith now and uh, spiritual journey, uh, the more I see within it that he's, he's freed from the arguments about literality and historicity and uh, all of those things that people get into. Uh, and actually, something Rob Bell uh, said, a phrase Rob Bell used, I think is wonderful. He talks about, about uh, uh, not reading the Bible literally, but reading it literately. And I think that's wonderful because what it says is get, get beyond, get beyond the, the details that you would argue about. Get beyond just the, the uh, detail of the story to the heart of the story, to the heart of the words. What is this actually saying to humanity on this great journey and into this great conversation uh, about God that's been going on for thousands of years? And uh, so I want to jump right back into the book of Genesis, right at the very beginning, to show you how, in the in the wisdom and insight of this narrative, uh, there is there is a, an understanding of the very issues that we deal with today in the twenty first century. Uh, And I think you can find many of them in these first chapters of Genesis. But this specifically is interesting here. So let let me just uh, unwrap this a little bit for you. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Uh, I want you to notice here that that two words, naked and shame. Well, let's do three words, naked and no shame. Naked and no shame. There is no shame attached to. To their nakedness, Let, let's, let's put it this way, they lived in the naked truth, their, the, the story is trying to show us in physical form uh, what the reality was in literal form, in the way that we are, we are shown that their existence was in naked existence, okay? It was a being, and they were just being who they were. But in their beingness, there was no shame, Okay, They were naked, felt no shame. But in this narrative, they're about to experience this debilitating condition called shame. So my question is, how come when when the ground zero we're given is both naked, Felt no shame, and they're about to experience this debilitating thing called shame. The shame that they were about to experience was not a result of their physical nakedness. It doesn't hang into the the some of the church doctrine that has that has sadly been perpetrated that somehow sex is sexuality and and um, nakedness are somehow wrong, impure, imperfect, unholy. Uh, sinful. It, that is. That, well, for, let me say, Q doesn't believe that it's not. It's not the case, and nor should anybody be talking that because it, that's not the, the case. So I don't want you to confuse it here. The shame they were about to experience was not the result of their physical nakedness. It was the result of a defective relationship with the truth. This is what I want to get through to you. That's where all shame comes from. And. Um, Starting from this ground zero of both naked and feeling no shame, it, it, it all shifted in the story, and the story's trying to take us along to understand this, it all shifted the day they ate from a tree that they were told not to. That We know that as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they changed that day from the pure process of understanding life through living it, that's the naked truth, Okay, let me say that again. They changed that day from the pure process of understanding life through living it. Let's call that naked truth. Life through living it. To playing God instead of being God. By deciding what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil. And inevitably this thing called blame entered the mix. Because that can't be there unless you're living by a criteria of right and wrong and good and evil. And that's when condemnation became a thing. So is it any wonder the words recorded were, in respect to this eating from this tree, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And yet we've taken that way of seeing the world and we've dressed it up and used it and try to say, this is what we need to teach people, the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. No, what we need to teach people is how to fully engage with life, with the divine presence within them, with the creator who is part of their whole existence in, with and around And because we've not done that and gone down this path, we have disregarded even people who say that we should do what Scripture says. We've disregarded what Scripture says. Scripture said, don't eat from that tree. This is the way to bring death, not to bring life. And there's so many lessons to learn there. The problem is we have developed a whole system around that. And uh, it's a lie and we dress the lie up as the truth. And then, of course, like with all lies, We have to then shape every part of the story from then to cover up the lie that started in the beginning. And I think if we can go back and deal with the lie of original sin, some of you will say, what? Uh, Some of you because you've no idea what that is. Others of you because you've been so ingrained with the idea of original sin being at the root of everything that you'll be in shock. But everything's developed from that idea, and then we dress the lie up as a truth. And I'll have any conversations you want to explain uh, why I've said what I said and what I believe what I believe. Because it's the shift of, of, of relationship with the truth that leaves us in such a vulnerable state to the condition of shame. If we remove that, then the condition of shame loses its power and loses its grip. Um, Martin Luther, the, uh, the great reformer from the 16th century uh, who was the father of the Reformation uh, got some big questions about some things that he introduced but, uh, but he, he made a statement one time, he said it seems a small matter to mingle the law and the gospel Faith and works, but it creates more mischief than a man's brain can conceive. So he was saying, we think it's no big deal to mix these things, you know, right and wrong, good and evil and life. Um, And, uh, you know, what what you, if you've been raised in church, would know as the law and the gospel, which are two incompatible things. uh, To mix faith and works, which are two incompatible things, really. Uh, again another conversation there but it's the phrase he uses I love that he says it creates more mischief than a man's brain can conceive and uh, there's been a lot of mischief gone on in the church a lot of mischief because we've tried to dress up a lie as the truth because the naked truth is in it's a couple of things number one it's very exposing uh, but number two, uh, the naked truth—one could say—is too good to be true. Much like grace, uh, the, the real, real understanding of grace. Uh, so we want to get free from the mischief. But I'm trying to show you how how shame comes from a uh, distorted, defective relationship with the truth. So, so here's how it went um, for them when they decided that they um, were going to eat from a tree that they were told not to. Uh, Genesis 3 verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Their nakedness was no problem. They were both naked, and they felt no shame. They were both naked. They felt no shame. So how come all of a sudden this nakedness has become something that they need to cover up? Uh, it's because into that process has come the idea of shame. And once shame comes into the equation, we can be afraid to be who we're supposed to be and we start to try and cover up that which is, we think, the source of our shame, not realising that it's exposing that that means the shame cannot take hold on us. The eyes of both of them were open, they realised they were naked, they sewed leaves together and made coverings for themselves. There's a point being made here, that if we draw our understanding from the wrong source, the most likely outcome is shame and blame. So I'm saying again that if, if your experience is shame and blame, and that is personal shame and personal blame, or it's personal shame and outward blame, or it's outward shaming and blaming, wherever that comes from, it's because you are drawing your understanding From the wrong source, and that's what needs to change. Okay, see, see, there's no sense in this narrative of personal shame until the characters are faced with the naked truth. Uh, No sense of personal shame till faced with the naked truth. So, therefore, shame comes when we don't know how to handle the naked truth, or we choose to mishandle that naked truth. In the wrong way. That's when our creative attempts at personal protection begin, and we've all done it. Uh, we've all played the cover-up game, um, throw people off the track, and uh, many of you have have and still suffer from this incredible sense of shame and condemnation that you think you think you have a shame for which God has a has a, an immense condemnation, and uh, that's because you've got a distorted understanding of the naked truth and our creative attempts go to personal protection you know the you know quite creative for adam and eve to uh, think that fig leaves would do the job and that somehow that would that would fix it which it never does see it's at that point that our, our insecurities overwhelm our confidences and that's that's not a good place to be so we, we skip it along to Genesis 3 verse 9 and it says the Lord God comes into the garden in, in the story and the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Um, This was not because God couldn't find him because his hiding place was so brilliant that, you know, even God himself, the divine coming down, uh, had no idea where Adam was. I mean, that's just a stupid concept, you know, anyway, that deserves no credence um, or acceptance uh, as ever when we are dealing in the realm of spirituality and spirit and God and the divine and ourselves um you know there's 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 a a, a psalm poem in 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 the Bible where where the writer David says, where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go from your presence? If I go to the depths you're there, if I go to the heights you're there, where shall I go from your presence? Uh, so in spirituality and in the understanding of our, our inner being, um, the truth is we, we might think we're hiding, we might think we're, we're doing this brilliant cover-up job, but, but the question that always comes to us is is not because you know God can't find you, Uh, It's an inner question that says, where are you? Yeah, where, where are you? Not where are you hiding? Where are you? And that's a massive question today, even in the context of the shame and blame and guilt and condemnation. Where are you? Because if you're feeling that, then I'm telling you today that's because you have a defective understanding of the naked truth. You have a distorted relationship with that truth. And if we can fix that, then you're going to be fixed uh, wonderfully and feel that divine uh, healing process flow through your every fibre. So the question was, where are you? And that's my question to you today. Where are you? Where are you in all of this? And then he goes into verse 10 and says, So he said, this is Adam responding, to God's question. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Three things here. First mention of fear in the Bible, right? And that comes from a defective understanding of our relationship with the naked truth and what the naked truth means to us. I was afraid because I was naked, which i have said before was not a problem, but now has suddenly become a problem and has become a source of shame when it shouldn't have become a source of shame, but only and solely and totally because now he is measuring things by this wrong criteria of right and wrong and good and evil. It's binary thinking, what we call dualistic thinking, two-dimensional thinking that does not understand or accept Uh, our own standing with God and God's role in us and with us. Uh, And and here's the third thing that he says, I hid myself. I, I like the way it puts this in the New King James Version of the Bible, which is what this is, I hid myself. How many of us are guilty of hiding ourselves? Of, if you like, very current today, wearing a mask, participating in the masquerade, that... That the people, that the person that people see is not the myself that we know. And, uh, and even with ourselves, the person we are prepared to deal with ourselves is not the myself. Um, in in, in um, psychology, there are those who uh, term this the true self and the false self. And uh, very often we're living the false self and we live the false self because somehow this nakedness of who we really are and that nakedness being exposed to the truth because we're not now sure what the truth is. We think the truth isn't being measured by right and wrong, good and evil rather than the truth being that life is flowing to us from the divine and from the source uh, and that life is in us, with us and for us and we, we get that wrong perspective. What happens then is we start to live the false self instead of the true self. Um because we see our own our own perception, let me put it this way, our perception of our nakedness, the real us, becomes a source of shame that we think if that is seen, uh, the consequence will be not what we would like it to be. I would propose to you that the opposite is true, certainly with God, certainly certainly from a, an internal health perspective of yourself. Um, So it's in and because of this process that we not only lose ourselves, but actually begin to hide ourselves. Fear and not faith becomes our motivator. God-centered confidence is replaced by human flesh insecurity. And I want to bring you back to God-centered confidence, or perhaps some would call it centered God-confidence. Let me just throw in at this time uh, the sad thing that so often for so many quote truth has 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 too often been used to shame people uh, that's not the kind of truth we're talking about here and uh, uh don't you be the victim of anybody who tries with their truth about your life to shame you okay uh say enough about that because jesus said and you shall know the truth john eight thirty two, classic verse you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free Um, When you know the truth, the truth makes you free. The truth does not shame you. It's the lie that shames you. So if you're feeling shame, you don't know the truth. What you've done is, is accepted the lie dressed up as the truth. And now it has brought you shame and now you're into the whole blame thing. If you want to break that, you have to come back to the proper understanding of truth. And it says, if you, you shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth shall make you free. If the truth is not making you free, if the naked truth is causing you to come to a place of shame, blame and condemnation, that's the lie dressed up as the truth and you need to undress it call it what it is give the clothes back to the naked truth and let the truth be dressed as truth and as you experience the wonder of that that is God's truth about you and God's truth about him and God's truth about humanity and God's truth about our nakedness and our life you're going to be just fine because that's the truth about love and the truth about life now, now, one other thing, don't confuse preference with truth, because um, we can also be guilty of that, that whatever our preference is, we think is the truth. So some of you have a preferred way of doing church, so you think that's the truth, and if a church is not doing that, then we shouldn't respect that church. Go, oh, shut up, stop it, that's preference, we've all done it, I've done it, you've done it. Don't confuse preference with truth, we've got to think further than that. And uh, let me say this before I just wrap up. We live in a world where we have prioritised performance over substance. and image over reality. And where we seem to have lost the ability to recognise the lie dressed up as truth. And we are paying the price. And it's time to at least try and correct that in your whole life. Even the situation that we're in right now globally. You have to ask questions about has the lie been dressed up as truth? What is the naked truth? Is it uncomfortable? Does it cause a problem? Because often the truth does. I remember old Jamie Buckingham who went to be with the Lord a long time ago. Wrote a book called The Truth Will Set You Free. But first it will make you miserable. So uh, there you go. Um, yeah, and just to know, you know, we, we have been bombarded with what we call reality TV. Well, it's it really is TV, but it's not reality, okay? Um, you know, the real housewives of Beverly Hills, the only two things that are real is they are housewives and they do live in Beverly Hills. The rest is, is not the truth. And the problem is that uh, that... Tr- drives us to this business of performance over substance and image over reality and we've got a whole generation a whole world that's caught up in that nonsense and so we don't live in the naked truth and because of it we can't fix the world by that means okay the world does not need more reality tv it needs more real people it needs more naked people okay Uh, living in the naked truth with no shame Because the world will not work until we willingly stop using that measure as the base mark. So let me finish with this. Psalms 46 verse 10 says this. Be still and know that I am God. Um, I could adjust that and say be still and know that I am God. What I wanted to say about this just in closing is that maybe a little stillness is what's required to go past the fear and shame to find the Naked Truth. It may make you feel uncomfortable, but it will free you from the pretense and the performance to a knowing that just is. The Naked Truth brings you to a place where it just is. It's being, not doing. It's resting, not striving it, 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 it it's, it's not performance, it's acceptance. And it'll free you from the pretence and the performance to this knowing that just is. Not earned, not achieved, not performed, just acknowledged. The naked truth will free you from shame and blame and lead you to bathe in a love independent of achievement and i pray that over your life today as we all get naked in the truth love you bless you and i'll catch you again later thanks
0: for listening to another q york podcast if you've been inspired by what you've heard today then why not email us at info uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from we love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash Q York. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.